Hi, I'm Bo Humphreys, and this is the Personal Finance Show. Today in the show, I'm going to talk about uh, debt. Actually, specifically, I'm going to talk about how does someone get into debt. The pandemic is uh, still going on. Uh, it's uh, August the 3rd, 2020. But this episode is not specifically about COVID-19 and people's experiences or, or my own. But uh, debt is a big deal when it comes to a pandemic. It actually changes a lot for you because if you have... Uh, your expenses covered by work, um, but you have debt payments to make. It's uh, going to be much harder to keep those debts um, serviced, and uh, you might need to actually go into more debt. I should mention before I get started that I'm not here to talk about um, how to get out of debt. Um, if you want to learn how to get out of debt, you should go to hoys.com, H-O-Y-E-S.com. I work there as a BIA insolvency counselor, so I meet with people after they've filed uh, for a proposal or bankruptcy. But uh, if you talk to someone and it's like you're going to be forced into a proposal or bankruptcy, uh, there may be other options for you, and that's what they're going to do is they're going to help you explore those options. But today, I just want to talk about like how does someone actually get into debt in the first place? If you've never been in debt, you might think, wow, like how does that even happen? You've uh, done some great uh, cash flow planning in your life and you, you've been able to spend less than you make and you're not even uh, sure how someone gets into a, such a situation that they might have to file for insolvency. If you have been in debt, uh, maybe you got out of it, maybe uh, you're still in it, wondering, is my situation unique? Uh, do other people go through this? It helps to um, look at uh, the situation before anyone could possibly have debt and that's when you are young. You, no one is born with debt. If you um, grow up in a family that has debt, that debt isn't automatically yours. Uh, you can only uh, have debt uh, under your name if you, if you sign for it, if you co-sign. So if we're all not born into debt, that means we have to get there somehow. A typical situation might be, uh, you know, your parents might be in debt, uh, but you're not. But that doesn't mean that you have a lot of opportunity to save or you don't uh, get any support when it comes to paying for anything so if you want to buy something uh, you have to work for it and you have to get a job or save up maybe uh, you're so used to seeing someone get by with credit that you believe that's just the way that people live that's the way uh, the only way to go so you start on with credit early there's a lot of situations that we don't have a lot of control over uh, if you're having to uh, support the family, you may spend everything that you have on that uh, and you don't have any opportunity to save. If we break it down to absolute basics, the only way to get into debt is to spend money that you don't have. A lot of people think, well, that's, you know, that's frivolous, right? Why don't you just live within your means? But it's not always that simple. There's a lot of nuance here, right? So in the situation where you have uh, generational debt, I'll call it, versus generational wealth, not only do you not have anyone helping you out, you don't have anyone that can uh, you know, help you pay for this or, or uh, uh, help you start off in life. 
uh, you're either starting uh, at a negative if you have to be sending any money that you make home or helping out family or supporting someone, or you're starting out at zero. And it's really hard to start out at zero and not get into debt at all. Uh, there are various things that you need to borrow money for that if you don't have it. So say you are moving out on your own or going to a new city, it's very unlikely you're going to have first and last rent uh, deposit to pay, and you're not going to have money to uh, get a car. You might need to go into debt uh, for the car. So uh, the first thing that uh, uh, people tend to do is get into car debt. Even if you don't go to school, which I'm going to talk about in a sec, you can't really get a car unless you have a car already because you likely need that car to go and make money. So if you were able to avoid school debt somehow and you're able to get out of that house um, that had the debt in it and not be responsible for any of that debt and sort of just start from zero, that's a good example to start with. So let's start with that person who just has a clean slate. Maybe they're 18 years old. They don't have any uh, debt. They don't have uh, any obligations to anyone but themselves at this moment. Now, that's also a unique situation because a lot of people have obligations all over the place. But let's just look at that person for, for now and see how they might get into debt. Let's even give them uh, a situation where they were able to work a little bit during high school and save enough to pay for their first and last rent deposit uh, wherever they go and where they get a job and now they're, they're making enough money to pay their rent, to pay for everything else and save a little bit. Well, the fact is they probably won't save any of it because uh, they're young. When you're young, and especially if you're free of a place where you had a lot of restrictions, where there was no money to go around, you had scarcity, it's pretty likely that you're actually going to go ahead and spend all of your money because you're rich now. If you have money that you don't actually need, uh, that's rare for a lot of people who grew up without money. So that's one possibility is they're going to, to spend all of their money. The other possibility is they're not even going to be making enough to be able to save at all. They're just making enough to get by. And, uh, of course, the third possibility is they're still having to support a family um, or uh, just maybe they had to take on uh, debts to just even get started in the first place. So they might have debt from the beginning. And if you have debt from the beginning, it's really hard to, to pay that off. It's really hard to get ahead of that because you're not necessarily focused on paying off that debt because it's so normal to you. So you may just be okay, I'm making the minimum payments, that's normal, that's okay. Where all of these situations uh, go sideways, either you're spending all your money, you don't have enough um, uh, to save at all, um, or you actually are giving all of it to someone else who needs it, or you're using it to pay off the debt that you got to get in this place in the first place, you really can't survive uh, some kind of event. So what happens is something happens, just something random. Uh, you have a pet and the pet, uh, you don't have pet insurance and the, you need to pay a vet bill for a couple of thousand bucks because you want to save your pet. Totally normal. You get sick and you can't work for a bit. And if you already have debt, that makes it even worse because now you don't have enough money to pay that debt. Uh, a pandemic happens. I mean, it's a very sort of close to home example, but, and it's not all the time, of course, but it, it does happen as we know now. So when something happens, 
and you either spent all your savings, you didn't have enough savings uh, or enough make enough money to save anything at all, or you're giving all your uh, extra money away. So th th there's no savings. That's that's the bottom line. If you don't have savings and something happens, you have to go into debt. So if you're wondering uh, how does someone get into debt, it's because first of all they don't have any savings or they don't have enough. They might be uh, been able to save up a little bit, but they don't have enough to address the thing uh, that happened. Uh, so if it's like six months off of work or, or I have to take a different job because I can't do what I was doing before, or um, got married early and now there's a divorce and, and there's no dual incomes and, and you have debt from the divorce and maybe there's legal fees and things like that that you have to pay too. A lot of things can get you into debt and it's usually not planned. It's usually when something happens and you don't have savings. That's that really is the bottom line, right? If something happens and you have savings, you can at least pay for some of it, uh, maybe not all of it. And then if if that does happen, then well, that's you know you did the best that you could. And nobody can predict these kinds of things. But if you had some savings, at least you were able to mitigate it a little bit. Maybe you go into debt, uh, and then you're able to pay that off a lot easier. The reason why there is uh, the Bankruptcy and Insolvency Act is because sometimes things happen that no matter what we do, it's out of our control. And no one, you know, whether you created this situation you're in intentionally or whether something happened, no one should be forced to uh, pay debt for the rest of their life uh, and never be able to have a second chance if something happens. And uh, that's why I always say, you know, just go and book a consultation with an insolvency trustee just to talk about your situation and see, hey, am, I'm in, am I in the place that I can get help? Um, that's why I work for one. That's why I am an insolvency counselor. You know, I went through this, right? You know, I can't talk about uh, how someone gets into debt without talking about how I got into debt. Another thing that happens um, is uh, mental health and addiction issues. And that, that was mine. That was my issue. I had school debt, which I'm still going to talk about in detail in a little bit. But really, the bulk of my debt was because I gambled everything that I had. Uh, every, anything I could get my, my hands on. Emergency credit card for my parents was the first one. And, of course, then they found out and they tried to get me help. But as I uh, kept uh, going and as I, especially when I got out of uh, school, I had access to more credit and more credit as I was getting a job. And uh, I never did address the thing. Uh, that got me into the addiction in the first place. So there was no chance I was getting out of debt. And so my perspective on money uh, and credit and, and debt was really skewed. I, I don't even think I ever really looked at my finances uh, because I was in debt from the beginning. And so what's the point of looking at it when and, and, and determining, like, do I make enough to pay uh, at this job to pay for my basic living or, or, or and enough to save? Uh, when I knew all the money was going to gambling, and also, it was paying down the debt, um, and there, it was never going to be enough. I kind of knew that. Uh, so for a while, I actually, uh, probably what was going on in my head is like, if I keep gambling, at least there might be a chance um, of me um, hitting the jackpot and getting out of this debt. But, and I actually did that uh, in 2005. I hit a jackpot, and I won $20,000. And I had always thought that that would be it. Okay, twenty grand, even though it doesn't pay all, all of my stuff off, or it would have paid most of it maybe at the time. You know that that'll at least make it a lot more reasonable, and then I can stop and and I can move forward, and that this will this will save my life. Well, what happened is I realized uh, that I had no control over this at all. 
the 20,000 I won, uh, it went away in about probably a half an hour. I, I, it's a bit of a blur of a day for me, of course, but it ended up being gone. What I think, what I remember is that I just kept upping the bets. Because if you win $20,000, well, now you have $20,000 you can use to make $2 million. If the, the 20000 was possible, then anything's possible, right? But what I actually did realize that day is that's not true. I can never make money gambling. Right? I, I realized that that day, and it just took a really expensive mistake for me to do that. But it was another um, three years, th- three and a half years probably, uh, before I decided that I wanted to uh, file for insolvency and try to, to figure out this debt thing. Because I didn't, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know uh, where to turn. So, like when you're when you're in debt, it's really hard to get out of it. And that's why I wanted to talk today about how does someone get into it, and is there a way to not get into it? If we go back to the basic example, the only way is to start from from scratch, build up money while you're living with somebody else, build up say you know say if it's two or three thousand dollars to get yourself started. Maybe even you got a car for cheap somehow that you're able to 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 take with you wherever you go, um, or you're or you stay living with uh, family uh, as long as you can. That's one way to build up money without having the expenses. And I definitely recommend that to people who have just filed for insolvency. If you have a chance to live with family, if you're already doing that, it's the biggest cost. So if you start fresh and you don't have these high rent costs or, or a mortgage or anything like that. And there's a better chance for you to be saving. But if you started from scratch, uh, you know, at 18 with like five grand, you get yourself a job, you don't have to go into debt to get yourself started, and then you start making enough money to pay your basic costs, then you can save bit by bit. That's the only way. And, and, and the only way to get started without debt is to get a job that you, uh, for which you don't need schooling. And so that, that's the, the other big piece is most of us start out in debt because the system is set up that way for school. So if you want to get a job that pays well enough so that you can save, you need a bit more education. That, that's the, it's, a, it's a bit of a, a tough situation because there's no guarantee you're going to get that job. And in the meantime, you're giving up two, three, four years of your life, depending on what kind of thing you're, you're getting. And there's no guarantee of job, but you had to go into debt. Uh, you had to go without income plus go negative uh, in your net worth to, with that debt. So you're not making money, uh, uh, but, but you're not staying z- at zero. You're going negative. And so you're starting whatever that job is. Say you do get it right a- at graduation. Now the clock starts for you to uh, when am I going to pay this off? Um, and maybe that's not the priority because you're just still trying to live and, and you're young and, and you don't want to uh, double down and, and focus on paying off that debt. That makes a lot of sense. But no matter, the debt has now been normalized. Everybody's got it. This is what people do is they go into debt for school. And I just hope people are questioning that a little bit more these days because going to debt for school could keep you in debt for a long time. And I've seen it. People are still in debt from school a, de- a decade later. You know, the good thing about it being a decade later is that uh, if they do come and see uh, uh, us and, and try to file for a proposal or bankruptcy, 
is that there's a seven-year rule that says you have to wait seven years uh, since your last study date to be able to include uh, OSAP or other na national student loans in your bankruptcy or proposal. Now, less than seven years, and it, it goes in, but then it, it, it comes back after. So it's almost like you know maybe a little bit of it gets paid off depending on the situation, but most of, most of it, it'll still be there after. So it's a bit of a kick in the pants if you have lots of student debt and you're like accepting uh, that insolvency is the only way out and then you find out that you can't even do that because it's been too soon. So student debt is not only so common, but you can't even get rid of it. You're ready to start fresh, but you, you, you can't. They won't even let you. I'm not a big fan of that seven-year rule, obviously. So can we do this? Can we do life without student debt? The answer is yes. I've seen a lot of examples, and, and it goes back to the, the, the person who was just able to get a job out of uh, high school. I don't know how common it is anymore, but it, it is still happening and possible. A lot of it is uh, working I in trades. I live in Hamilton, and a lot of people here uh, work in the steel industry or other related industries, and uh, they can make some pretty good money to start. But the only uh, way that's of benefit to you is if you do save a lot of that money at the beginning because a lot of accidents happen, a lot of things happen to people over time. And I've had people tell me, oh, I used to make so much money. I used to make so much money. And then they had to take some time off or they got laid off. That happens all the time too. Or again, pandemic happens. And they never thought that savings was anything that they uh, would ever need uh, because they were always able to make all this money. Uh, so many people say that. I don't need to save. I, I'll just make money, right? What's the point of saving? Having been through things and having seen people have, who have been through things, it's almost a strange question to me now because uh, it's obvious why, why you need to save uh, because things are going to happen to you. It's not a, a question of, of uh, if, it's when the things are going to happen. It's not, it's not even bad things. It's not, it doesn't have to be negative things. It can just be your family grows or you've got to move somewhere uh, that has a higher cost of living. Things like that. They could be positive moves. Kids cost money. Or houses, if you want to buy a house. These things, like a lot of life costs money and uh, you have to be ready for that why we have this culture in place that doesn't encourage savings uh, from the beginning. I want to change uh, the uh, story that we tell everyone. Uh, the story right now is uh, you, you go to university or college um, after high school. You go into debt for it. Uh, you, maybe uh, someone has to co-sign with you, which is so much uh, worse. Because uh, if you do end up filing uh, for bankruptcy or insolvency later, they're on the hook. Or if they do, then you're on the hook if they were the ones that are going to pay it for you. Uh, so co-signing is, uh, in my view, always bad because you know we tend to see the, the situations where um, somebody is on the hook that wasn't expecting to be. So you get this debt, whether co-signed or not. So now you, you start out with this debt. And everyone says, well, you'll then get a job after and then pay that debt off. And once you pay that debt off or you're going to keep paying it off and then you're going to uh, build up your credit and, and get a house and, and build your family. We need to flip this story. We need to flip it around uh, so that people 
don't think that they have to start out in debt. Uh, why do we have a system that promotes debt? Why isn't it you get a job somewhere doing something to start? Yeah, maybe it's not the best job. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not your dream job either. Maybe it's not something uh, that you can do if you don't have a university degree or a college uh, specialty. So you start, you work and you do that and you save as much money as you can. I'm going to just put a number out there. You save 20 grand. If you're working full time in a year and you're still living with your parents, I think you should be able to save 20 grand. You just work full time somewhere and say parents or other people or other, uh, you know, whoever you're living with, uh, the whole world understands that you don't get to leave the house until you got 20 grand in the bank. Now you have 20 grand to start with. And you know why that is important. You know that 20 grand is to get your first place, to take care of anything that might happen uh, while you're building your income up. Maybe it's even a supplement of the income that you won't get because um, you don't have your education yet. So that 20 grand can pay for, say, the first year of education or part of it while you're continuing to work. It's, um, it extends the idea of you only spend money that you have. If we all followed that and, we, and everybody understood that people can only spend money they have, then there wouldn't be this expectation of debt. So if somebody uh, asks you, well, why don't you have a university degree? You can say, well, I mean, I don't come from money, so I didn't have anybody to give me money. I don't have any generational wealth, um, so I haven't been able to afford a university degree yet. But, hey, I'll, maybe I can write you an essay, or let's have a conversation, and you can take a chance on me. Or you can see, like, get, try me out in this job, and maybe I'm going to be great. Maybe you'll even help, you can help me get more educated and nurture me as a person and help me grow and learn. Maybe that's a, a way to do this. So instead of uh, sending someone to, to into debt to go to an institution to then maybe have them qualify for a job in the future, uh, all totally disconnected, you actually go to the place where you want to work and say, hey, so I'm you know one of uh, probably most people in the world who can't afford to buy my education outright. Uh, surprise. But I want to work for your company. Uh, would you, you know, give me a bit of a job somewhere without an education and either help me or, or uh, you know, mentor me as I get my education? Or if you, you know, if I do a good job at the uh, beginning, maybe you'll help me get there. Or the money that you give me for working and doing whatever you need me to do will help me further my education. And then I'll probably be a little more loyal to you. Or there's some other incentive. Why are we continuing to work this way where everybody goes into debt to get um, an education? Um, we need to turn that around. And I'm talking about this one uh, in a little bit more detail because this is the, the big one. You can, uh, uh, as I said at the beginning, nobody is born with debt. You can uh, leave the house when you're 18 and you know if, if your parents are, are good to pay their debt and they don't, uh, say, you know, or they don't want your help or they don't need your help or you don't feel like you want to help them or need to help them, uh, you can choose to do that or not do that or 
uh, hey, maybe it's you working a, a few years at home and helping them pay down that debt so that everybody can start fresh and you're not allowed to leave the house. Why are we just leaving these problems and then starting new ones? You know, who's, who's fixing the debt problems as we go? Everybody should be focused on getting out of debt. I know why. I, th I know why I think that because I got out of debt a while ago and built up a lot of savings and it's fantastic. It's really a great way to live. And I don't want anyone to have to live in debt. But we have to go back to the beginning, I guess. We have to go back uh, to the start and we have to break this cycle of debt. Now, of course, uh, things happen, and things happen that are, are beyond uh, the $20,000 even, uh, beyond uh, what, what we m could ever imagine. And, so th and there's programs for that. There's, there's insolvency trustee uh, uh, um, situation, the Bankruptcy Insolvency Act, as I've talked about, uh, but there's also, you know, if you're disabled, there's disability supports, and there's programs, and, and there's a lot of things that are in place. Now, they're not fantastic. They're not going to help you with everything, but you know, we, we are in a uh, relatively uh, socialist country, so we can, uh, there are some social systems set up uh, to be able to help if something really bad happens and you can't work anymore. Um, and then, of course, if you have debt, um, uh, we can help you. Um, you know, just, uh, you gotta talk to somebody, you have to be ready. To, to be able to take that step, though, you have to get rid of this stigma that uh, taking on debt is great, is the only way to go, and then it's ultimately your responsibility to pay for it if, if something happens. And I disagree with that. Um, if something happens, there are systems in place to help you because it was not expected. You didn't plan this. So we have to talk about this kind of stuff more and, and take advantage of the things that are available to us, but only if we're ready to make that fresh start and move forward and, and we understand now that you know uh, debt wasn't the best thing. The only major thing that you can't do um, with cash these days, unless you have a good 40 years to save it up, is a house. And that's, that's got an asset to back it up. There's, um, it's a different kind of debt. It's still debt. But it's a debt that if you can't sell the house and pay off the debt completely, you can probably pay off most of it. It's probably worth uh, at least the amount uh, of your mortgage because you put a down payment on you got to be in a really bad situation for the house to not be uh, w uh, to work to be worth less than your mortgage. Um, something else is going on there uh, too, or it's like been like really soon, and you got to pay. You already paid for closing costs, and now you got to do it again. Uh, so th these situations happen, and they're and and they're uh, but they're not common. What is more common is someone gets a house, and they're paying a mortgage. If they need to sell the house, they can, and they either you know break even or close to it. Uh, maybe they make some money, maybe they lose a little tiny bit, but it's never anything uh, to, that's destructive because a house is a house. That is not a terrible thing, but it's also risky uh, to, to take on debt like that if you can't afford to maintain it because not only are you out of a house if you have to sell it, uh, but you may not have enough money for rent uh, saved up or the deposit. We're going back to the beginning, right? So we all, like, life gets us into a lot of these situations, and I don't know if we can avoid it. I don't know if we can avoid debt. I think y you can try. And if you're lucky enough to be in that situation where you're starting fresh, you're making lots of money, and you, you only uh, spend half of what you make uh, and have a comfortable life, then, then save the rest. 
you are in a golden opportunity to set yourself up for the future. Not everybody, like, I mean, this seems less and less common these days. Um, a lot of people that I, I meet are just barely doing it, barely making it. The car that you want that's so great, that's on a seven-year loan, I think we need to understand what that means if you're paying $1,000 a month for seven years. You can't afford that. So let's, let's go through um, how people get into debt uh, just from the top. You're not born into debt, but maybe you start off uh, without anything and you have to borrow money to just get started. So that's already you're into debt and, and you may never get out. It may be hard for you to get out. Uh, school. School is huge. Uh, you get into debt for school, you're not going to get out of debt for a long time. If you do start fresh, but you don't save any money and something happens, you're going to be in debt. If you have uh, an addiction uh, or mental health issues that cause you to not either maybe not be able to make enough money or you're in a situation where you uh, had to stop working or the, the addiction like mine caused you to spend all of your money plus all the money you get your hands on. Uh, th those ones are tough. And just maybe making mistakes. You make a mistake. Uh, it's sometimes it's as easy as like, uh, yeah, I bought this car and I wish I wouldn't have. And now I have a $40,000 debt that I can't afford anymore because I can't do that job anymore. Just it, so things happen. So can we prevent ourselves from getting into any of those situations? Um, I don't know, but we can try. If we talk about it, if we're all aware of what, what could happen, uh, then we will know how important it is to have as big of a nest egg, big of an emergency fund as you can stand um, as early as possible. And I don't know if it's, if there's a way to get this into uh, people's heads when they're, you know, 18 to, to 28, because that's the golden time when you're, you don't have any dependence, you don't have any responsibilities, you're able to probably make money and you don't have to have debt. Like I said earlier, school debt, it's all structured wrong. So many people are victims to, to this situation. We need to think about it more. We need to think about that job that you're going to get and whether this schooling price is worth that and how long is it going to take you. And just be very conscious about that timeline. If I get this kind of job, it's going to take me this long to pay this off. Is this worth it for me? Are there any other alternatives? Is there anything else that I can do? Can I stay home and, and work somewhere else and save, 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 save and pay at least for the first year. Can I get scholarships? There's so many people offering scholarships. Did I even try? If you try all this stuff and it doesn't work, at least you tried. But if you just go straight to uh, student loan approved, now I'm in debt, well, that, that, that's really hard to get out of that. Uh, the same thing. If you think that you're invincible and nothing's ever going to happen to you, and you just go ahead and spend all the extra money, you're just gonna have to deal with debt later. And maybe you don't think that's a big deal. It's not a big deal until something else happens and you're in debt and you can't pay it. So you know, I've seen all this stuff happen. Uh, some of it happened to me, but you know, as an insolvency counselor, I see people's stories all the time. So if you uh, have never been in debt, hopefully you have more of an idea of how this happens. And the bottom line is a lot of it comes from lack of generational wealth. If you have nothing to pass on to your kids, then they're going to have to start on their own. For families who are able to pay for school, pay for housing, if you're able to live still with your parents while school is paid for, 
You got no worries. If that is you, then it's your responsibility to keep doing that because the worst is uh, having generational wealth and then that disappears because you thought, oh, I don't need to save money because I'm rich. Um, it's like a total insult to those who don't have it at all. And, and then those who don't have generational wealth, we got to figure out some way to break that cycle of debt. You don't inherit debt. I, I've said it a bunch of times already in, in this episode. You don't inherit debt. Uh, there's a bunch of things that could happen that, that, that where you feel compelled to pay it, but it's not your name. It's not in your name. If there's a way to break that cycle and at the very least start from zero, then at least there's a chance of building up uh, generational wealth if you don't come from it. Building up wealth of your own, uh, it's almost like if you don't come from wealth, you have to be a personal finance expert. Everyone should be. And, and if you do come from wealth, you should also be a personal finance expert so that you don't mismanage that wealth or, or, or take for granted that opportunity or uh, just kind of throw away this uh, golden opportunity to continue to, to thrive. And the other thing is people with wealth could help people who don't have it. Uh, that, that's something that we need to do a lot more, right? The, the Jeff Bezoses of the world uh, hoarding their billions pay for somebody's school pay your employees better. Uh, there's so many things that could change in the world and, and that would lead to less debt. But I'm not so sure that right now people can avoid it, those who uh, don't come from money. Uh, we have a lot of work to do uh, to try to not have a society that's perpetually in debt. There's more personal finance uh, education in schools now. And so that's good because at least uh, kids know uh, you know, uh, we'll know what a credit card is. They'll they'll know the basic tenets of personal finance. Spend less than you make and and uh, save the difference. If everyone did that and was proud of it and was able to talk about, hey, look, I saved two grand, and nobody said, uh, oh yeah, well you know, there's this thing. Uh, let's go on a two thousand dollar trip, and that was promoted as like the best thing to do. I want you to go on a trip, but not with all the money that you have. I want you to know how much your future is going to cost. And a lot of people don't know that. How would they? Uh, do, why would we expect a high school student to know how much their, their future is going to cost? Uh, they're, they're just kids. But what if there was a class called How to Not Get Into Debt? How to plan your future without debt? What if there was a class, a mandatory class you had to take? And... I mean, if you don't do well in the class, it's, you're not going to do well in life. And then those people, they get extra help. The people who do well in it, great. They're going to be fine it, uh, on paper anyway, or they have an idea. You know, I'm going to uh, work a little bit to get started at the beginning. I'm going to build up a, a, a bit of a fund. I do want to go to school because I want that job. I've talked to the people at the job or the possibilities, and they said, hey, if you do this, you know, I can't guarantee anything, but there's a pretty good chance. In the meantime, we'll pay you to work here in, in the summers. We need to work out these kinds of situations. We need to make them available to those who don't have connections, people who don't have money. We need to help everybody not get into debt. Education is one piece, but we all need to work together uh, to change this really ridiculous system that we live in that praises debt and spending and we need the banks to take responsibility as well. One of the things that could have prevented me from getting into all the gambling debt that I got into 
was that I had a um, a credit card uh, limit of uh, on one card of nineteen thousand dollars, and I was barely making. I don't think I was making thirty five thousand gross, and that should be illegal. And and sure, you might say, oh, it's not the bank's responsibility. Yeah, but the government can say, you know what? Um, having a, a nineteen thousand dollars in debt or the ability to get that when you're not even making, you know, twenty twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven gr- uh, net, that that is not something that will promote uh, any responsible uh, personal finance habits for Canadians. So let's uh, limit that. You know, you can only have a uh, available credit for one third of your annual gross income. Uh, that seems so huge, even right? Because what do you, what are you doing with that? What do you? Why are you needing that in the first place? It's because nobody forced you to plan your life without it. There's no situation where somebody said, "Okay, so uh, you're 18. Uh, you will never get access to credit. So, uh, but uh, everyone uh, needs you to go to school. So how are you going to afford that?" And if the answer is, well, I can't, then you make other plans. Or if the answer is, well, I got to apply to this or that to get help, then you do that. But I don't want it to be, well, go just go get all this debt. And that's the solution. Because it's not a solution. It's just a way for banks to make money. It's a way for schools to get money. It, 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 that, that's all it is, right? Because the, the, the winner in this um, student debt situation is not the student. Very unlikely, right? They, th- most of the time, you end up with lots of debt, and then you have to pay it forever. And that sucks. I don't want anyone to have to do that. So, you know, how does someone get into debt is the title of this. It's because everyone's pushing us into it. That's how someone gets into debt. Someone gets into debt by basically trying to do what everyone says is the way to do things. And... It, should, it shouldn't be that way. It should be the exception. You get into debt because something happened. I, I have no choice but to accept that because it's, not, it's out of people's control. But what is in our control? This society that we built where school debt gets you a job. I want jobs to be available, good jobs, for people who don't have uh, school debt. And then you train these people. It's your, your responsibility. There's so many things to do in a big company, for example. You can start the people who don't have a university education somewhere, and then if they want anything more than that, or they want to uh, in the increase their earning potential or responsibility, then they can go and, and, uh, and, and go to school on your dime because you're building uh, a, a business and you know this investment is going to pay off, or they pay for part of it, or it comes out of their wages, or et cetera, et cetera. There are a million better ways for us to talk about this rather than someone going to get a loan to go and get a degree that may or may not help them get a job at all. We need to start with jobs. We need to start with money. We need to start with working uh, as a society. And only the people who are wealthy, uh, already already wealthy, should be able to go to school um, and pay for that because they already have the money. And everybody else should be subsidized by something else, government, uh, the, the company that they work for, uh, society as a whole, sponsorships, etc. Also, you shouldn't need an education to do certain jobs. Let's pay more money uh, to people uh, for the work that they do, like a basic living wage. You know, that's one of the things that I, I liked when I was applying to work uh, for Hoys Michaelis. 
is that they are a living wage employer. Everybody who works for the company gets enough, you know, per whatever the calculation for the living wage uh, organization is, to have a, a decent living wage at the least, you know, and I don't, I don't even know because I don't know their, their, their payroll, of course, but the fact that they qualify means they report uh, that information to this organization and they qualify as a living wage employer. And that's inspiring to me because I hear about people who work uh, their butts off every day, all the time, multiple jobs, not even making enough to pay the rent in the area that they work in. And what's that about? Right? Why are we why are we accepting this? Why is this acceptable for someone to be to work all of the hours that they have to work and not being able to afford their life? And I'm not even talking about people in debt. These are people who are just they don't have debt because they couldn't get it maybe or they they are ha- actually have been responsible with credit and nothing bad has happened to them yet, but they're not given the opportunity to save enough to protect themselves. And then when the thing does happen, then they have to go into debt. And, and that's the, probably one of the most un- unfortunate parts of all of this is if somebody is just trying to survive and then something happens and they go into debt, it, it ruins them. And you know, we can try to give them a fresh start, but we can't get them more money when, uh, from, their, from their employment. We can't um, help them. Uh, bring we can try to help them bring their costs down. That's what a lot of what I what I talk to people about if they're not aware. But if they're already doing that, so many people I talk to already have such a low cost of living, but they have a low income as well. And there's nothing extra, nothing to move them forward. And uh, I don't know that. I mean, is that personal responsibility? I think there's a it, it's a, there's a lot of nuance in this. And what do people do, right? How do we break this cycle? The pandemic's probably a good time to talk about all this because, you know, the government's helping everybody out now, but it's kind of going away soon. I don't know what people do if they don't have any support from anywhere and they don't have a job and they have existing debt. Where do they go? If they've, especially if they've already been to see us. So maybe we'll help them take care of their debt, but they still have payments to make if it's a, a bankruptcy or a proposal. There's always, it, it, there's always payments, either a reduced amount of your debt or the cost of the bankruptcy. There's, there's still, you got to make payments. Uh, eventually that's done. And that's what I tell everyone. It's like, you know, the best part about insolvency is it, it eventually ends. But, you know, what do we do in a situation where people aren't getting paid enough to live in the first place, which is what's causing a lot of this. And people are encouraged to take risks with uh, thinking they're invincible. You know, borrowing money in one house to buy another house and expecting the Airbnb income and the tenants are going to be there forever. And, and uh, all of this is risk. Risk is something you can take if you can afford to lose it all. So you know, no need to take that risk um, if that's all the money you have because some risk ends up in, in a, a negative, in a loss. Um, uh, hopefully not, but uh, you have to be aware of that possibility. And I don't think we're uh, promoting that enough. I think we're just saying, oh, go for it. You know, get a little more house than you need. Oh, if the interest rate changes a little bit, it's no problem. Uh, you'll be able to handle it. Uh, the truth is no. And if any of these people lose their jobs, which, you know, lots and lots and lots of people did um, in March and April and May, this pandemic, and a lot of them still don't have that job back, they took on 
this asset, this this uh, they agreed to pay their for their car, they agreed to pay for their mortgage, and they didn't fathom. You know, they have six thousand dollar a month uh, expenses, and now their job is gone. And if they're two people, maybe they'll get four thousand from the CERB, which includes tax that they have to pay later. So it's not even four thousand. If they're one person, and they built their life around, uh, I make five thousand dollars a month, for example, they're screwed. Uh, they have to change their life completely now. And that wasn't their decision. Like I, I keep saying, the only way to prevent all of this from destroying people was to have savings. But we don't do a good job of promoting that enough. And uh, again, a lot of people don't even have enough to do that. So in conclusion, how does someone get into debt? Well, hopefully you got enough information from my uh, long rant to figure that out. Um, and uh, we have a lot of work to do, so let's keep uh, working on it and talking about it, and um, I will see you next time.